1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the ability to speak in different languages. Number two, the ability to interpret languages. And number three, to prophesy or to say what God is saying. Those three gifts are gifts of utterance, gifts of speaking, gifts that reveal the mouth of Jesus the Christ. Then you have three gifts of revelation, the gift of the word of knowledge, where the Lord Jesus, assuming you're saved, filled with the Holy Spirit with them, speaking in tongues. And it's God's will to give you that gift. You have the ability when it's God's will and by his grace to know about a person, place, or thing as it relates to the present or the past. The gift of the word of wisdom is always about the future, either what not to do in the future or what to do in the future. And the gift of discerning of spirits. Everybody say three gifts of revelation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is the supernatural ability to know what is going on in the spirit world. Through discerning of spirits, you can have visions, you can have dreams, you can have trances, you can see angels, hear angels, feel angels, see demons, hear demons, feel demons, sometimes smell demons. Um... You might see the Lord Jesus. Everybody say, three gifts of revelation. Everybody say, the mind of Christ. Then you have three gifts of divine ability, gifts of healings, and in the original language, it is not the gift of healing. It is actually gifts, plural, of healings, plural. And you can turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's see, where is that at? Verse 9, gifts of healing by the same spirit, King James. Greek, though, is gifts of healings, plural. Gifts, plural, of healings, plural. Which I will talk about tonight in much greater detail. Verse 10, uh, to another, the working of miracles. And let me just say this to you. It's not the gift of miracles. It's the gift of the working of miracles, which means you've got to know how to work it. And then um, in verse 9 is the gift of faith. These are three. Everybody say power gifts. Everybody say gifts of divine ability. And um, these three gifts reveal the hand of Christ. So chapter 12, verse 1 now, same book. Now concerning spiritual gifts, the charismata or the spirituals, which by implication in the original language concerning the supernaturals, gifts of grace. Everybody say the supernaturals. 
Now, God, by definition, is a supernatural being with supernatural ability. Is everybody still with me? So, here the Apostle Paul teaching this church says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Dropping down to verse 3, wherefore I give you to understand. Look at somebody say, you need to know what you've been given. The Holy Spirit records in the Gospel of John that a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. Look at somebody say, you can only receive what you've been given. Look at somebody say, you can only understand what's been given. Look at somebody say, you can only know what's been given. Jesus said to his apostles, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. That's a whole nother message. I'm not going there. Verse 4, now there are different gifts, same spirit, differences of administrations, diakonia, services, ministries, diversities of operations, inner energy, really it's where you get the word energy, inner meta different workings. One of the graces on my life is the ability to articulate the workings of God. Now, I'm going to probably say this to you. Um, the, my vocabulary will probably be in some respects different than what you may be used to. I'm going to say some things at some point that are going to go just like right over your head. Look at somebody say, if it goes over your head, just get the CD. I I promise you, I'm going to say some things you don't understand. For example... The vocabulary of the Holy Spirit is prophetic. But the intelligence of the Holy Spirit is revelatory. From the Hebrew standpoint, a prophet is a, everybody say, nabe, which means the word of the Lord bubbles up and comes out. Everybody say, that's the vocabulary of the Spirit. It has to do with what God is saying. Everybody say, prophecy is what God is saying. But when you're stepping into the realm of revelation, is what God is showing. Look at somebody say, picture is worth a thousand words. 
This is why most of the persons that are called prophets are not seers because they can hear what God is saying. They just can't see what God is showing. So the Hebrew word for seer, you can spell it C-H-O-Z-E-H or H-O-Z-E-H. And it's a whole nother, everybody says it's a whole nother realm. So when it says here, diversities of operations, and it talks about diversities of administrations, and then it says in verse 7, but the manifestation or the phaneros of the spirit is given for the common good. We need to have some level of understanding as to what's going on. Does this make sense to you? Okay. So, I want to begin the process of talking about, everybody say the supernaturals. Everybody say the spirituals. So in chapter 14, verse 1, Paul says, by the Holy Spirit, follow after the love of God, charity, the love of God. And while I'm on this, when you're looking at love in the original language, in this case Greek, because New Testament is Greek, Old Covenant is Hebrew, you're looking at different words for love. You have eros, which is intimate sexual love between married people, is biblically correct. You have phileo, which has to do with friendship. You have starge, which is family love. You know, husband and wife, brother, sister, parent, child. Then, this is the one that we know, that we're familiar with, and that is, everybody say agape. That's the unconditional love of the Father and Jesus for you. But there is a Greek word for love that we don't know anything about, which I want to mention. And if you don't believe me, just look it up. <laughs> look at somebody say, just look it up. But I'll, I'll mention it, and I'll, I'll have you turn to Matthew. I mean, don't let me, the way I talk fool you, I'll have some edumacation. You know, my first major was theology. Did you catch I said my first major? You know, the ministry isn't the only thing I know how to do. But in Matthew 14, 14, Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And here's, here's and it says he healed their sick. Well, this Greek word here for compassion is spalanknitsama. Everybody go, spalanknitsama. Let me give you the uh, implication behind the word. The best, okay. <laughs> the best way for me to explain this Greek word in language that our culture understands, this is God's love on fire. Think of it as a volcano that is erupting. And so it is Jesus looking at the sick 
and his love and compassion for each person who is sick boils up to the point that he is moved to bring a miracle of healing. So grace, to answer at least a part of your question, we need to have this love that boils up to the point where it spills over. Because there's a relationship between this compassion and gifts of healings, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith. Okay? Now, I am 60, which means I am not going to lift my leg and raise my voice. Uh, I ain't doing all that. I leave that to you brothers who are 20, 30, 40, and 50. All right? Because you'll notice as a brother gets older, you don't do so much of that. And if you do, it's very brief. How many of you hear what I'm saying? Brother Kenny, keep that in mind, okay? <laughs> and so, what I want to do, just because I'm in the mood, is, um, and I'm kind of a uh, Hebrew, Greek kind of a guy. I guess you started to figure that out, huh? Look up somebody and say, that makes sense. So, what I like to do is I like to, uh, I want to be very, uh, I'm going to be very intellectual in my approach tonight, just sim simply because that's the kind of mood I'm in. Look at somebody say he's a moody minister. So turn to Matthew chapter 4. Um, the father of all learning is repetition. Repetition is the best teacher because whatever gets repeated is what gets reinforced and whatever gets repeated is what gets remembered and whatever gets repeated becomes a revelation to you and whatever gets repeated becomes reality. And whatever gets repeated gets reduced to practice. So, what we have to understand is that sometimes pastors repeat themselves not because they don't have anything else new to say. But they they're waiting for you to be converted. <laughs> okay. You and I have a problem. Look at somebody and say, that good-looking preacher <laughs> says that you have a problem. Here's the problem that you and I have. We are Westerners reading a Middle Eastern book. 
And what we don't understand about the Hebrew language is that it's a language of verbs. So when we read, for example, Exodus 15, 26, if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, if you hear what God is saying, we think of here, because here we have two separate words. We have a word for hear and we have a word for obey. But in the Hebrew, it's not two separate words. If you hear, you obey. If you don't obey, you didn't hear. Okay? So in our educational system, you'll go to undergraduate school, maybe even to graduate school, and you'll be taught business by a professor who never owned a business, never operated a business, and never managed a business. So he is a parrot. Everybody say, Polly want a cracker. So he can give you the information. But the Hebrews are not like that. What qualifies you to teach is your ability to do. This is why in Acts 1 it says, the former treatise have I made, Theophilus, God lover, of all that Jesus would Everybody say, do and teach. This is why Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, whosoever shall do these commandments and what? Teach them. Everybody say, you got to do the word. So when James 1, the half-brother of Jesus, one of the apostles says, be a doer of the word, the Greek word for to do is where we, in the Greek means poetes, where we get the word poetry. In other words, when you're hearing the word, reading the word, studying the word, learning the word, you are to be thinking of creative ways of how you can put that word into practice. So when the scripture says don't be a hearer only, in the original language, here's the thought. You are in a class listening to the teacher, and the thought behind the Greek is, being a hearer of the word, is that you audit the teacher. You give the teacher a grade. <laughs> Sharon, you taught. That was really good. That was new revelation. You get an A. I kind of heard 25% of that I heard, Kenny. You get a B. I done heard that before. You get a C. Ain't nothing new. You get a D. You got an F. And here's the thought behind the audit. Even if you gave the person an A, you go out and discuss how good it was, but you never get around to putting it into practice. And see, the evidence that this is true because our... United States culture is based upon Greek is I can ask you what your pastor preached on three weeks ago and you will say I don't know but it sure was good and don't be like 70% of the folk who after they take their notes never read them Look at somebody and say, that brother's chewing you out. 
So, you know, I write things down, you know, and I was with a, uh, a brother, and, and you can put on, you know, I don't care if you can put it on your phone, you can put it on an email, you can put it on your iPad. Um, but I was with a brother in New Jersey, and I don't know what happened, but he lost everything he had on his computer. How many of you hear what I'm saying? So, you better hope we never have an electromagnetic pulse that shorts out everything. I'm going to leave that alone. Look at somebody say, I hope he gets to teaching pretty soon. Anyway, I'm in Matthew 4, verse 23. Um, here it says, the Holy Spirit speaks to us about Jesus and says, and Jesus went about all Galilee, number one, teaching in their synagogues, number two, preaching the good news or the glad tidings of the rule of God, the reign of God, the dominion of God, the kingdom. Number three, healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And the reports of Jesus or the fame of Jesus went throughout all Syria and they brought to Jesus all sick people taken with different diseases and torments. Diamondsia, those that were oppressed or had some demonic activity, those that were lunatic and those that had paralysis or epilepsy or the palsy, and Jesus healed them. Well, let's talk about these different kinds of diseases. The first thing that Jesus heals are what's called psychogenic diseases. What is a psychogenic disease? I think my arm hurts. Because I think my arm hurts, my arm hurts. Now, some people call that, you know, hypochondria. And it may be or it may not be, but either way, it's psychogenic. Look at somebody say, some people need their thoughts healed. Maybe it ain't your arm that you think hurts, but something else you're thinking about hurts. Look at somebody say, your head hurts. Now look at somebody and smile and say, I've been wanting to tell you for a long time that your head needs some healing. Then you have you know you have uh, functional disease where your arm really does hurt. Look at somebody say it's real. It's physical. So you have organic disease like arthritis, like cancer, like heart disease or you have a tissue or organ of the body that's not working. Are you still with me? So it says here that Jesus healed different kinds of sickness and different kinds of disease. So with regards to the gifts of healings, you have a separate gift of healing for each category of disease. You never have a gift of healing for all diseases. So you'll have a gift of healing for skin diseases. I was in Chicago, a woman had 
um, spots, blisters all over her body. I was doing a tent meeting there. It was kind of unique. And when God heals her, all of her blisters, all of her those dots or whatever, they, they all burst. And then they all disappear. Skin healing. Then there is, there are muscle healings. Okay? So there's a gift of healing for the skin. You know, sometimes you'll see people with rashes and, or acne, and there's a gift of healing for the skin. So people should pray for a gift of healing for skin diseases. Then there's a gift of healing for muscle diseases. Many times when people have their backs healed, it's because of a problem with a muscle. You have sprained a muscle. You have... Um, uh, you have pulled a muscle. You can tear a muscle. Look at somebody said, there's a gift of healing for muscles. Okay. So that's something that people need to pray for, for that gift. Then there's a gift of healing for, everybody say, bone diseases. And so you need to have the bone healed. Then there's a gift of healing, for example, blood diseases. Like I prayed for a woman in an alcohol and drug treatment facility because I'd worked with that facility for, oh, total about 15 years. And the person who ran it would let me in on Tuesdays when I was home. And I would do a two-hour meeting with people who wasn't even saved. And Jesus would heal people, and then they'd get saved. And um, one evening, there was a woman. She had been tested for AIDS and was positive. She was prayed for, got a second test that was negative, and she gave me the reports. Everybody say, a blood healing. So, there's a gift of healing for glands. Then there's a gift of healing for various organs. Like, I'm in Louisiana, woman's totally blind, pow, God opens up her eye, she sees, white sister. I'm in... Texas, uh, uh, Spanish sister, Mexican sister, about 20 people get saved. I was a Mexican church. 20 people get saved. She's among them. She's totally blind because of something that happened, and, and boom, she sees. Okay? I'm at the drug treatment facility. A woman's there, deaf in her ear, 37 years. Boom, she hears. Okay, I didn't mention bone. Same treatment facility. Woman has metal. In pain, the metal disappears. It's a creative miracle. And it becomes bone. She can't feel the metal anymore. The pain's gone. She can only feel bone. She comes out crying, and 12 people give, give their hearts to the Lord that night. Now you may say, I don't know if I believe that. Ah, I, was in, uh, I was in Michigan, this guy named Jojo, he had metal in his knee, he was in pain. He, when he would go through security, he'd set off the alarms. This at a Baptist church. <laughs> God turned the metal to bone. Pain gone, walks through security, it don't go off. <laughs> Another church. 
It was a Baptist church. It's now a full gospel church. By the way, even that Pine Grove is now full gospel. This woman had metal in both her ankles, screws. She loved to skate, couldn't skate because of pain. She set off, set off security. Metal gone, becomes bone. Could skate, no pain. Walks through security, don't go off. I mean, I've had, I've had, I'll tell you two cases of metal changing. One is, um, I like to tell this case because this woman was named Renee. She had one arm four inches shorter. It grows out. She has metal from here to here. It disappears. This arm changes color, matches this arm. Her goal is to pick up a pot. That's a goal, in it? When the doctor examines this arm, can't find the metal, it becomes bone, the doctor comes to see me. Because she had another patient, same church, who had cancer, that the cancer disappeared, had sugar diabetes, was on medication, and her blood sugars became normal. So I was doing miracle services, because some people call me for different reasons. And so I come for whatever reason you call me. So if you say, we want to have healing services, well, if the pastor calls it, <laughs> the father will honor what the delegated authority says. That's a whole nother. See, if you can see in the spirit, you would have saw the angel that was up there that's considerably big, who's over this church, and you would have saw him move aside and the angel that's helping me tonight take his place, if you could see. It don't matter whether you believe it. Just read the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3. To the angel of the church. Greek word is angelos. So it isn't just this angel. <laughs> it's that angel that works with this angel. I'll leave y'all alone. I don't know if I believe in angels. Well, ask Philip when he had that great meeting in, in Samaria, and the angel said, stop what you're doing and go to the desert. Ask the prophet Zechariah, and that brother was an evangelist. We just covered pastoral angels. Ask the prophet Zechariah who goes to sleep, have an angel wake him up and give him revelation. Ask Daniel. Ask Elijah. And the captain of 50. He had brother be calling fire down from heaven. They be dying. And then finally the angel, that one brother comes and says, hey, you just, you, you just called fire down in heaven, those three captains of 50? Let me and my 50 men be, and the angel said, you can go down with him. You ain't got to be scared of him. Ask the 12 apostles that they shut up in jail. And the angel of the Lord gets them out of prison and says, speak into the temple all the words of this holy life. Oh, I'm going to leave y'all alone. Look at somebody say, if you're in the ministry, you got angelic activity. Just because you can't see it don't mean it ain't there. And don't tell me you don't believe in nothing you can't see. Because you ain't seeing the air in this room. <laughs> All right, I'm going to leave you alone. Yeah. Everybody say organ healings. Then it says torments. This Greek word uh, is, is basanos. And, and it, it really, this is an interesting word because it actually means pains. Actually, it's where we get the idea of trauma. You ever been through something traumatic that you need your mind healed and your emotions healed? 
You ever been in a serious accident and had an injury where you have trauma to your body that you needed healed? There's a gift of healing for trauma. There's a gift of healing just for pain. You don't really appreciate it unless you've had pain and been healed by Jesus. Just saying. It could be mental pain, emotional pain, physical pain. It could be from a separation, a divorce, a grief, a loss, a death of something or someone, a job, a house, a church, a ministry, influence. Then you have sickness that is supernatural caused by the oppression of a spirit of infirmity on your body. Look at somebody say, a supernatural disease. Look at somebody say, requires a supernatural gift of healing. The word of God says faith without works is dead. The human spirit, <laughs> the body without the human spirit is dead. Now let me correct something in your thinking. You don't die and your spirit goes to heaven. Your spirit goes to heaven and your body dies. Look at somebody say, you got it backwards. Look at somebody say, you leave and your body dies. Look at somebody say, at that point, your body don't like you very well. It, feel, it feels abandoned as it passes away. Uh, so that's a whole nother thing. Look at somebody say, he done got too deep now. That's all right. Those that are lunatic, Luna has to do with, actually in the Greek it means moonstruck. This means a gift of healing for mental illnesses. Now, if you, you okay, I'm going to show you how you, how, and VO, this is one of the areas, <laughs> trauma and, one of the areas where VO churches generally specialize is in the area of the healing of pain and trauma and mental illnesses. I'm going to show you. You ready? How many of y'all willing to be honest? How many of y'all used to drink and don't drink no more? Stand to your feet. Look around the room. Wait. How many of y'all used to get high and because of Jesus you don't get high no more? Raise your hands. Look around the room. Waiting on the seat because alcoholism and drug addiction is mental illness. How many of y'all, since you done came to Jesus, you ain't robbed nobody? Raise your hands. Look around the room. Okay. How many of y'all, since you done came to Jesus, you ain't stabbed or shot anybody? Raise your hand. How many of y'all hear what I'm saying? No, no, I ain't done with y'all. How many of y'all used to smoke cigarettes, but because of Jesus, you don't even smoke anymore? Raise your hands. See, this is the deliverance ministry. So y'all already got healings and miracles.
Because everybody who used to be an alcoholic and used to be a drug addict, used to smoke, every day you don't get high. Every day you don't drink. Every day you don't smoke. Every day you don't rob nobody. Look at somebody say, it's a miracle day. Now you can be seated. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. And then you have paralysis. In other words, nerve diseases are being healed. Um, incidentally, this is one of the miracles you'll, you'll probably see the least of here in the United States, okay? Um, there's lots of reasons for that, but I'm not going to go into it. But there's a gift of healing and miracles for, everybody say, nerve diseases. So now let's define disease. In uh, Mark 4.23, when it says disease, the Greek word is malachia, which can mean exhaustion, weakness, frailty, softness, disability that affects you emotionally. And if anybody's ever had a chronic illness, after a while it wears on you. What is a disease? It's an abnormal condition, a disorder of structure or function. It can be an infectious disease, an internal dysfunction. It could be an autoimmune disease like lupus. Broadly, it's any condition that causes pain, dysfunction, distress, social problems, or death to the person afflicted, or similar problems for the persons in contact with that sick one. It can include injuries, disabilities, disorders, syndromes, isolated symptoms, deviant behaviors, atypical variations of structure and function. It can alter one's perspective of life, it can change one's personality. The Greek word here for sickness is gnosis, N-O-S-O-S. It's a malady. It's a disorder of the body. It's chronic impairment. It's a physical function in part or completely. So we're looking at, okay, when you're looking at diseases that are caused by spirits of infirmity, we have our own language. We'll call it a virus. Because a demon is an evil life. We'll call it a fungi. So when you cast out the evil life, the disease dies. dies. We call it bacteria. We call it protozoa. We call it multicellular organisms. Then you have deficiency diseases. In other words, something is lacking that needs to be supernaturally supplied. Then you have heredity disease. It travels through the family line. You have a syndrome, things that occur together, like Parkinson's syndrome. I was doing a meeting in Illinois. See this, I'm gonna say this. One of the problems that sometimes we have is we wanna approach healing like we, we wanna, look at somebody say, a microwave miracle. Look at somebody say, one-stop shop. Now some people will get a healing in one service. Some people need to attend a series of services to get their healing. We had a man who had Parkinson's who shook like this. He attended the whole weekend by the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the services. By Sunday night, he was like this. 
walks up, writes his check out because he bought product, CDs or whatever, and was totally healed. See, some people get it right away. Some people, it takes them some time. Did you hear what I said? So sometimes, you know, you might need to sit under the word of healing for a week, for a month. Okay? Chronic diseases, long-term issues, and curable diseases could be terminal. Um, you have uh, mental illnesses like depression, anxiety, anorexia, PTSD, bipolar, attention deficit. You have progressive diseases. Diseases unto death or serious disability or organ failure. You have localized disease that affects just one part of the body. For example, athlete's foot or eye infection. You have a disseminated disease that spreads to other parts of the body like cancer. Systematic disease that affects the entire body like an influenza or high blood pressure. We've seen Jesus heal sugar diabetes. So, let me talk about a few words of healing and then we're going to shift. Is that alright with you? Because I have been talking for... 40 minutes or more. Look at somebody say, I like that preacher. Look at somebody say, so far so good. One of the Greek words for healing is where we get the word therapy. Therapuo. Look at somebody say, therapuo. Like pew. It means to heal a disorder. It means to minister to somebody a cure mentally emotionally or physically it is used 48 times 38 times it means healing you know you can do g23 23 g23 22 if you want to go for that you got sozo we're not going to go into that because um of the 120 times it's used in the new testament it's only used three times for healing but then you got another word for healing that I think is uh, um, real good. Look at somebody say, Aya Mayo. Everybody say, Aya Mayo. This word means, by the way, instantaneous healing. It's used 38 time, 32 times, 28 times, it means to heal. The definition from Kettle, which is a theological de uh, dictionary of the New Testament, uh, it means to heal, to cure, to treat the sick, to serve the sick, to make well. A working definition, and this is interesting because this is different. It's the wisdom of God which releases a cure and provides healing. It includes a number of approaches as well as expelling demons. It's an instant healing by a miracle and a release of divine power because you have something called what's called miracles of healing. There's different kinds of miracles. I won't go into that. For example, in, in Acts 28, verse 8 and 9, I'm not going to, don't turn there because I'll be gone. Paul laid hands on the man and healed him. Iomea. People with diseases were getting cured. Therapuo. So when Jesus was healing every kind of sickness and every kind of disease, it was therapuo. In Matthew 4.24, where it says Jesus healed them, it was therapuo. In Matthew 8.16, Jesus healed all that were ill, therapuo. In other words, from the moment Jesus laid hands on them, they got better and better till they got completely well. In fact, when it says in Mark 16, you will lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover, the Greek means you get better and better till you're completely well. In other words, God's power starts working in your body and you keep believing until your, your healing comes to completion. 
It may take an hour. It may take half a day. It may take a whole day. It may take a week. Okay? In Matthew 9.35, where it says Jesus healed every kind of sickness and disease, it was therapeutic. When Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 10 and 1, preach the kingdom, heal the sick. Matthew 12.15, Jesus healed them all, therapeutic. When it talks about in Matthew 12, the blind and the mute, Jesus healed them. They spoke and they saw, therapeutic. When Jesus healed their sick, therapeutic. In Matthew 15, 30, where it talks about the crippled and the blind and the mute, Jesus healed them. Matthew 19, Jesus healed them. The blind and the lame, Jesus healed them. Mark 1, 34, Jesus healed many who were ill, therapeutic. Mark 3, 10, Jesus healed many, therapeutic. Mark 6, 5, Jesus laid his hands on them and healed them, therapeutic. Luke 4, 40, Jesus laid his hands on every one of them, healed them, therapeutic. Luke 5, 15, they came to hear Jesus and to be healed of their diseases. Then you have Iomea. Luke 6, 18, they came to hear Jesus and to be healed of their diseases. And those with unclean spirits were being cured, therapeutic. Luke 7, 21, Iomea, Jesus cured many of their diseases. When the centurion sent a message to Jesus, says, speak the word, my servant shall be healed, Iomea. When it says the servant was healed in that moment, Matthew 8, 13, Iomea. Jesus, when it says, God says in Matthew 13, 15, I would heal them. If they'd just be converted, I'd heal them, Iomea. The woman with the issue of blood healed instantly. When it says the power of the Lord was present with Jesus to perform healing, Luke 5, 17, instant healing. In, Mark, in, in Luke 9, 1, where it says Jesus spoke of the kingdom and was healing those that had need of healing, that was therapeutic. When Peter said in Acts 9.34 to the man who was bedfast, get up, Jesus Christ heals you. It was instant. In, in Acts 10.38 where it says Jesus was healing all that were oppressed of the enemy, instant. 1 Corinthians 12.9, gifts of healings, instant, Iomea. 1 Corinthians 12.24, gifts of healings, Iomea. Do all have gifts of healings? Uh, Corinthians 12.30, Iomea. Pray for each other that you may be healed. James 5.16, Iomea. 1 Peter 2.24, by his wounds you were healed. Everybody say, Iomea. So, I'm getting ready to close your Bible lesson. Look at somebody say, 50 minutes. Look at somebody say, he's doing pretty good. One of the things I like to do, yeah, I'll just do. Sometimes I'm I'm very much of a statistics guy, and there's lots of reasons for this. Um, one of the secrets of the supernatural is, well, I'm not going to tell you that, because somebody will misinterpret it. You'll misapply it because you don't under, you don't understand it. But for me. There was, I was in Michigan, Westland. Elderly woman had metal plate in her back, was in pain. She was healed. The same woman had hearing loss in both ears, instantly healed, cried, I can hear, I can hear. She was healed by Jesus. A woman had a malformation in both of her ears, had two hearing aids. She was deaf without them, instantly healed, could hear perfectly by Jesus. A woman was in pain as a result of an epidural, spinal, 
when she had her baby, she was instantly healed by Jesus. A woman who was in pain as a result of a root canal, instantly healed by Jesus. There was a woman who had a problem with her bladder, healed by Jesus. Some people will, some people will not talk about bladder problems. Ah, <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one alone. This was interesting. One of the interesting cases I ran into, I was in uh, Glen Falls, New York, and uh, there was a woman there who had a rare disease where her muscles were turning to bone in her body, in different parts of her body. She was in pain, and she was instantly healed by Jesus. Her muscles decalcified. And I'll never forget this because there was a guy, his muscles were calcifying from here to here. And his legs were like lead. You couldn't pick them up. And this angel walks over and picks up his legs and decalcifies God. Now, you think, well, angels involved in healing? Well, look at somebody say the pool of Bethesda. Right? The angel troubled the waters. Whoever got in the waters got healed. They just minister the healing power of Jesus. Look at somebody say, it's all Jesus. Look at somebody say, it's all the Holy Spirit. Look at somebody say, it's all God the Father. Yeah. So uh, this woman had a torn meniscus. She was in pain in both of her legs. Pain was gone, healed by Jesus. Um, one woman had nerve pain all over her body. Pain disappeared, healed by Jesus. Another woman had degenerative spine. Pain gone, healed by Jesus. Here's one for you. This will mess you up. Nah, I won't even tell you. Uh, I think <laughs> some stuff might get, you know, it's going to mess with you. Um, uh, one woman she had an abscessed tooth was in pain six months she was healed by Jesus another woman had pain in both knees from a double knee replacement it didn't work but she was healed by Jesus a man with an arm injury from a fall was healed by Jesus another person had ringing in the ear he was a man seven years ringing disappeared um, John had chronic pain from spinal stenosis. He was healed by Jesus. A woman had fluid on the knee. Uh, one kneecap was higher than the other. Uh, the pain disappeared, and the kneecap went into place. Um, one woman had back pain, couldn't bend backwards for 25 years. Healed by Jesus, could bend backwards with no problem. Another man had chronic pain in both knees 40 years from a motorcycle accident. Pain disappeared. Both knees felt new. Um, here's one. Uh, this woman and her husband couldn't get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant. And I got this prophetic word that they'd have a baby girl, which happened. Nine-year-old boy had synovial sarcoma to his right uh, elbow, which was a rare form of cancer. The request for prayer was made on March 30th. They tested the baby on April the 2nd, and they could find no trace of cancer. Uh, we've had people who had supernatural weight loss. The most has been 50 pounds in one service. Um, this woman here, she lost 25 pounds. Uh, Jacob had a baseball injury, had metal in his ankle, six screws in pain. Both the metal and the pain disappeared. Uh, a man had metal in his lower back, chronic pain, 17 years, healed by Jesus. Um, here's one. This woman was from uh, 
Queens, New York. She had been in three accidents, 13 surgeries. She was on morphine three times a day. She wore a back brace when she came to the meeting. She had problems with her C6, C7, inverted disc, C4, C5, C6 cord impressions, herniated thoracic inverted disc, T3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, herniated lumbar inverted disc, L4, 5, bunging lumbar, L2, 3, and 4, swelling in both legs, and breathing issues. Look at somebody say, she was a mess. This woman had faith. She actually takes her brace off before I pray for her. And Jesus heals her instantly. And you know what the sister, the first thing the sister does is she goes shopping. True story. <laughs> she walked through the mall, totally healed by Jesus. Look at somebody say, get healed and go shopping. I was in, uh, I'm closing. I was in uh, Jackson, Ohio, and uh, this woman walks in. She had been in a wheelchair for four years. Soon she walks in, uh, God says, I'm going to heal her. That was kind of good news. So when we pray for her, it takes about 45 minutes, and she was kind of fluffy. Everybody say, fluffy. Anyway, she gets up out of a wheelchair. She walks. The pastor says to me, you get in a wheelchair to have her push you, which I did. She's a white sister. So then I was in uh, Borger, Texas, Spanish church. This daughter-in-law brings in this guy who had a stroke. He had been in the wheelchair, 72. Um, and, and God heals him. And he gets up and he walks. And then, and then my wife says, have her get in the wheelchair. And this guy pushes her around the church, runs her around the church, folds up his wheelchair. And when he leaves, he, he walks down the steps. I was in uh, Orlando, Florida. Woman comes in, doctor said she'd never walk again. African American lady uh, said she'd never walk again. She had been in wheelchair bound for a year. This is fun. I'm gonna show you how really discerning I am. We're having prayer, I wouldn't preach it on healing. And so I looked over there and I thought I saw the Holy Spirit there, but I wasn't sure. So we just kept praying. I looked and so I said, sure enough, the Holy Spirit's over there where she is. Look at somebody say, a real man of discernment. So when I walk over there, I start quoting the word, and she starts moving. She was kind of, everybody say, fluffy. So she gets up, and she starts walking. Then she says, can I run? I said, uh-uh. Now, look, you have had muscle atrophy for a year. Some people, when they get healed, they want to do too much, and they re-injure themselves. So I told sister girl, ain't no running for you, baby cakes. She was African-American. I could talk to her. Each culture got their own language, right? Okay. I'm girl, baby. I'm baby girl. No. She's an older lady. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of an older man. Anyway. <laughs> I'm young in the, at heart. Anyway, I think, I think... Jesus wants to heal people. Can I get an amen? amen. So, uh, here's my deal. Since I get to uh, watch Jesus heal people for a living, um, I've been doing this long enough now to know that I don't take a credit when people get healed. 
and I don't take blame when they don't. I'm totally disconnected. And of course, I've seen God do all kinds of miracles, not just healing. Uh, that's just one type. I mean, I've seen some stuff that'll make you go. I've seen body parts grow where there were none. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, I've seen, I'm going to tell you. I've seen nothing having to do with healing. I'm talking about like weather miracles. I'm talking about stuff. You know what I mean? Stuff. Like I've, I've seen Jesus raise the dead five times. One time in front of about 50 or 60 people. That was fun. <laughs> that was really fun. <laughs> Look at somebody say, well, sometimes when God moves, it can get scary. How many of y'all ever heard of Medea? Everybody's heard of Medea. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Look at somebody say, don't be scared. So anyway, um, if, if, if you're going to take the credit, you're going to take the blame. If it's your success, it's your failure. Either way, your ego's attached to it. If you pray for somebody, they don't get healed, at least they know that they were loved. Look at somebody say, get over yourself. Because all any of us can do is just pray. Look at somebody say, if God don't do it. So, we should get started. Before we get started, uh, now I'm doing this for fun, okay? Because I've, I've gone 60 minutes. Now, before we get started, I need to have you turn to me.